Well, Adam, and welcome back from your adventure to New Orleans. Oh, no, I was in Cincinnati. That was Cincinnati. I was wondering why you're doing French. Yeah, no, I was in, I was oh. in New Orleans. Well, I like to, it's a pastime of mine, to say everything wrong in relation to <laughs> New Orleans and Mardi Gras, as I incorrectly say it. But uh, it sounds like you had a ball. I did. Doing that big old thing. I did. We had a, we, we just, we paraded for, for days and days. That's what they say. They call it parading. You know, the, I think one of the things that people who maybe haven't seen it down there for real, like don't realize is like the amount of decoration that people will purchase, the special, the special clothes, the funny shirts. I like big floats and I cannot lie is one of the shirts I saw a few times. Uh, the way that a Walmart will fill up three, four aisles, Mardi Gras stuff on, you know, Boxing Day, it's full of it immediately. Uh, just the stupidest, tackiest decoration. I mean, maybe it's not, but you know, like the giant alligator costume, I think that's tacky. I don't think, I don't think <laughs> I'm offending anyone's culture to say that the, the overpriced alligator outfits there. Anyway, it's a great time, but it's, it, it does occur to me that it's, you really gotta like, you gotta see it. And you also have to like, not the parades, but just the, the people and the, like the normalcy of it is interesting. Like the, uh, I don't know the the fact that it's just a very. I, I certainly cannot appreciate it because I've never been during that time. I think here in Houston, tomorrow is Go Texan Day, in which the school children of across the state wear little cowboy hats and cowboy boots and plaid shirts to uh, to school, kicking off like the livestock show and rodeo season, where we all. Pretend that we're actually cowboys for two weeks every year. Which, so, I here's two weird hyper-local spectacles, which I think we need more of that kind of weird thing. So, who who would I be to, uh, to take away from that? Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Don't do that. I, sh- I shan't. Um, every, uh, every show we ask each other, what do you got? means, what did you write down in your notebook, Adam? What do you got? All right, well... Both of mine are from the streets of New Orleans. From the parading. Yep. Uh, the guy cleaning the street told me he's going to stop landscaping and uh, open a funeral home. He wants to put a grill in his hearse. <laughs> a grill? Yep. I, he didn't say a girl? Nope. Grill. A grill. Dead girl. Yeah. No, not a... Nope. He, well, if it's a hearse... He's going to be grilling while, I guess... Doesn't seem like a stretch. I think he did explain to me he's going to be grilling while he's waiting for the bodies. Oh. Yeah, you know. Love when the conversation... My son was standing next to me when he was telling me this. I've talked to this guy before. I've seen him around. I, I mentioned that we'd talked before. And, it, you know, it starts like a starts like a nice conversation. But he was like... He was kind of given a, like a, oh, I'm getting too old for this shit kind of vibe about uh mardi gras season he was he was tidying up the streets and uh, he does he's landscaping like, uh, for a number of people he's like man i'm ready for something simple like a hearse with a grill on it yep exactly that's exactly that's right. how i want to relax yep. <laughs> i'm gonna get into the the into the mortuary business to get uh to de-stress 
Seems straightforward yep. and complicated. Yep. What do you got, Ted? <laughs> okay. Uh, fellow Little League coach and I were chatting. He was finishing up his session in the batting cage. I was starting mine. He took, took on the air of a sea captain, describing a fight with a sperm whale. It happened what, uh, what you hope never will. I was picking up the balls, facing away from the batter, and this kid throws a ball up to himself and slams it with the bat right at me. Got me right in the kidney. Oh. Hurt like hell. Taught that kid and any other kid nearby a few new words for their vocabulary today. An hour later, I was uh, in a, a batting cage in a separate area. Same coach was in the batting cage next to mine. Each of us throwing pitches to our kids, chit-chatting. There was another coach on the other side in a third batting cage. There were three batting cages in a row. This is a true story, I swear. Hard uh, to as believe, he pitched, three batting cages in a row. <laughs> as he pitched, uh, he turned to the other coach, who he obviously knew, and said, It happened, but you hope never will, etc. <laughs> right in the kidney, got him. Ooh. Rough. Yeah. What you got, Adam? Well, speaking of teaching the kids a few words that uh, add to the vocabulary, I uh, I'm gonna have to curse in this next one, and I wish my son has taken to. My son doesn't curse, but he is really amused by the idea of whistling when someone would curse, and <laughs> so I did a practice beforehand to see if I could whistle the curse word out, and I can't. So I'm just gonna have to tell this one with the curse. Okay. Yeah. So, this is um, Sunday before Mardi Gras, and I saw a young man sneak onto the uh, private property of a large house just off the parade route um, from a from police car jumps a private security, like an off-duty cop um, who's been hired to watch the house. I didn't know that because he's been parked in front of the house for a few days, um, and he's got, his, he's got flashers on. Um, and he, go, he he pulls the kid out. Hey, 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 stop. That's private property, private property. And this kid, you can see it on his face. He's he's decided that he's going to, like, sweet talk the cop. And so the urinating kid says to the cop, uh, he puts his hand out to, sh- to shake the cop's hand. A uh, cop doesn't take his hand. And, and the kid goes, uh, do, do you know Mr. Johnston? The cop goes, I know a lot of fucking people. What are you doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say he was urinating? Oh, uh, he was going to urinate. He was he was sneaking onto the property because, uh, I mean, th- this gets confusing. There is a porta potty put on the property, but it's behind a gate, it, basically, so that um, they can inv- the people that own the house can invite their friends to urinate at the porta potty, but don't have to let them in their house, or or maybe not their friends, but. You know, like if you're, it's like in the club, you could, you could get in the house to go to the bathroom, but if you're not at that echelon, you can use the private porta potty. And this police officer who knows a lot of people, uh, is, has been hired off duty to make sure that, uh, people don't sneak onto the property and use this, uh, porta potty. So, so the police officer is actually guarding the porta potty yes, more than yes. he's guarding the house. The police officer says a lot about. Yeah. Mardi Gras and, uh-huh. and how sought after facilities are. Yeah, yeah, they are. That's I mean, it's a big thing. It, you know, churches raise a lot of money by letting you um, use their facilities for like five dollars a crack. 
wow. places that don't want you coming in and you know like uh, restaurants and stores that don't want you coming in and gunking up their stuff they'll put porta potties in their parking lots simply to discourage wow. you from you know being drunk in their store wow yeah beautiful it's, thing it's quite a time what do you got said <laughs> all right let's see this is um a little stationary experiment but i i did write it down so i'm reading it a little bit Okay, this ink is probably a mix of blue and brown. As I write, I just jerry-rigged a cartridge refiller. Uh, instead of an ink, of acquiring an ink dropper syringe thing, I cut the corner off of a Ziploc bag to fashion a small funnel. Oh my gosh! Now what I'm working with here is yeah, a tell plastic me what pilot, with. a plastic pilot cartridge, um, which. God bless him, friend of the show, number one fan, occasional co-host, Ryan Sly. Always says great stuff like, why don't you just refill one of those uh, plastic pilots? Just flip the little thing on its side and just fill it up. He's very inspiring. So whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason, three days ago I decided to actually do this. Um, so I poured uh, ink into this little um, plastic corner from a Ziploc bag in which I nipped off the very end of the corner to create a funnel and uh, poured ink into the uh, little funnel into the plastic cartridge of, uh, I mean, I was going to use it for a pilot metropolitan in this little experiment. The little spinning flap was slightly more effective than I expected, so the ink didn't flow in too well. My hand was doused in this brown ink that I was loading with, but it got in there. I didn't clean the Metropolitan's nib ahead of time, so the the brown mixed with whatever dark blue was in there, creating this uh, indistinguishable color. Probably a combo of old and new. Not pretty. In the excitement to experiment, I didn't do my due diligence. I'm glad at the end of the day I didn't have to order some little piece of plastic from overseas just to reuse a little piece of plastic from overseas. <laughs> We're surrounded by little bits of plastic. It was satisfying to modify something already sitting in my kitchen drawer toward a very specific purpose. I saved a little corner funnel piece in my drawer of pen and pencil ephemera. Hopefully this exercise of writing it out will help me to remember it's there the next time I want to reuse the little cartridge. So I was I was rather proud of myself. I made quite a mess, but I did it over the sink. But I refilled a supposedly disposable pirate uh, pilot cartridge from my uh, my pilot Metropolitan, and I was very proud of myself. And so the the ink isn't. I'm gonna use a technical term. Isn't all loosey goosey in the pen right now? <laughs> No, because you take the, so the, the cartridge has a little um, piece of plastic, the shape of the opening at the bottom of the cartridge. Okay. That what, bef I think, you know, before you use it the first time, it's probably sort of sealed. Yeah, yeah. For transport. Once you use it, it's, you can't, you couldn't um, fill it with ink and then like carry it around. You have to immediately put it in the pen. But once it's in the pen, it's like, you know, feeding the nib or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
so it's just as if you're using the cartridge for its normal purpose, but you filled it with new ink. Um, so cool. it's basically just a cartridge filler. Just the only problem is how you load it. But I figured out clearly the world's perfect way to fill a uh, disposable cartridge by creating a small funnel out of a Ziploc, Ziploc baggie. Ziploc bag, huh? Nice. But it was, it was also, in my defense, literally the first idea that I thought of. You know, because I, I thought I want to repurpose something in my house. I just want to do this. I don't want to, like, order something. So I didn't even, I, I was successful on the first go, and that was a little shocking, but it was fun. I mean, I, I, I don't really like disposable fountain pen cartridges. Yeah, yeah. Um, since ink is just, we got it, this stuff is, you know, he's got it everywhere. It's, it's in our veins. It's in bottles. I've been spilling a lot of ink fun. while refilling my fountain pens lately, which has led me to use the fountain pens less. The, the last three times, I've just had ink all over my hand. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, but, but more so than usual. Made a real mess of it. Well, what are you, what are you doing that's so messy? Uh, just butterfingers, I think. I don't know. Uh, really? No, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just... Uh, I don't know what it was two times ago. The second time I was, like, balancing... Oh, you know, um, that Keith McCleary, who I talked to in August, July, August... Um, he sells those things that hold the the sample, like that basically hold the sample cups straight up so they don't tip. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I don't have one of those, and I did the last but, time. But that you have was children. Problem. You have children. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are required by law to do what you say, right? Oh, they're not allowed to look at my pens. Oh, okay. well, they <laughs> they they. You tell them to close their eyes, hold their hand out, hold this, over, look away. Don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, my kids are drinkers. They don't have steady hands like yours. Sure. Yeah. Shakes. Well, even, I mean, people don't talk about it much, but. Shakes, my my youngest. (laughs) I don't know. We shouldn't have named him Shakes. No. That kind of of sealed his fate right there. Um, People don't talk a lot about how awkward it is to fill a fountain pen with ink. It's kind of an awkward transaction, even in the best of times. Well, it's You're pre- dipping a pen into a a jar of liquid. It's very strange. The the dip goes better than you'd expect, and well, better than I'd expect in 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 my experience. It's it's all those little samples that we bought for the episodes after we talked, after I talked to Keith, that I really want to use. I get excited to use them. And it, it worked well, pretty well for a while, but now I'm I'm overconfident, <laughs> and um, and each time there's a spill. Yeah. Well, I I mean when I want to do this kind of thing, I really have to be in the mood. Yeah. I and I was on I, I think maybe it was a sun you know lazy Sunday afternoon or something. If if you're not really up for like spilling stuff or you know taking your time or being deliberate or being thoughtful you will pay the price my whole hand even what i considered to have gone well like the entire palm of my hand was stained with brown ink i looked like i i like you were taken uh, over by an alien symbiote yeah like i had like i had vandalized a, a medieval painting with a, <laughs> painted with like 
you know, rust from a whatever, um, some old chemical. I, my hand was dyed brown, basically. Um, which, you know, didn't really bother me. But if I had been at work, it would have been a whole awkward. Right. Um, you got to be in the mood. You got to be in the mood to do some, some fountain penning. Tether, I started reading an amazing essay today. Well, I guess I don't know if the whole essay is amazing, but the beginning of it is astonishing. And so I thought maybe I would just read the beginning of this to you, uh, obviously for the shock value, and then try to, we'll try to somehow like pretend there's a subject we can talk about for it. Okay. So this is the essay, Private Eyes. I think you, I'm afraid you've just described our entire podcast, okay. but go on. Privatized by Sue Halpern in the New York Review Books. I think they just call it the New York Review now. Anyways, doesn't matter. In the fall of 2020, <laughs> images of a woman using the toilet in her own home, taken by a Roomba robotic vacuum cleaner, began circulating on Facebook. How they ended up on the social media site was not surprising. Someone with access to the company's data files had leaked them. How that person came to possess them also was not remarkable. Roomba was having some of its vacuum cleaners take photographs as they roamed through customers' homes in order to, quote, train the machine's artificial intelligence systems to recognize furniture and cats and dog wools and other objects of daily living. But since vacuum cleaners can't train themselves, yet, the images needed actual humans to identify and label those objects, and it appears that one of the workers who came across the photos of the woman in her bathroom took the liberty of sharing them. According to a spokesperson for Roomba, the woman and others using the vacuums had consented to having them snap random photos inside their homes. Um, and so I read that and wow. I loved it. And, um, you know, not loved in the... Uh, <laughs> I loved it sure. as an essay. Um, and I feel <laughs> like it is... Um, it's, I've been feeling... Uh, I've, I've been having strong feelings about privacy settings lately and um mm. how crazy we've uh become you know not even recently it's it's you know what five six years ago when we just started letting things listen to us um and this one's amazing i've uh i've had a roomba i've i put it down i put down my last roomba um um you shot it i uh i i put it out in the freezing cold one night because it wouldn't stop beeping and chirping um, <laughs> and uh, didn't come back to it for a few days. Now you might say putting neighbors down a Roomba. Will call the, the, neighbors will call the RSPCA on you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might sound like I'm overstating would it. The, would it be the ASPCR? <laughs> Maybe. We we had. I don't know if we named that Roomba, but we had named a previous Roomba. So <laughs> yeah, it was like a pet. Um, <laughs> But so I was wondering, I guess, whether you've been having feelings about privacy settings, whether they're run amok, what sort of changes you may have taken. Um, I guess if this show is about paying attention, I think, you know, my issue is noticing that we've we've really seeded that. And I've I've seeded it, too. Right. Like it's not uh, I haven't. um my wife never wants anything that listens to us in the house. So we don't have any smart speakers. And then, you know, I, I'm the type that would be like, oh, come on, that's ridiculous. And then I realize that's completely not ridiculous. Hers is the no. same argument. Um, so, I mean, I've turned off just recently my, 
um, Hey Siri setting on my phone so that um, it, it would just start calling people. I wasn't even saying Hey Siri, and it would just start calling mm. people or beginning a text message or something, which is just, it was insane to me the number of times I let it do that before I was like, I better turn this off. <laughs> um, so I, I wonder if uh, what your relationship with privacy settings is. Well, I mean, may, maybe I've gone in the opposite direction recently, but uh, I feel like I'm having, I'm, I'm finally awakening to the possibility of voice to text, mm -hmm. which it, it goes in the opposite direction. I'm like, man, I could just talk everything instead of typing it. Isn't this grand? Um, which, y yes, I realize I'm late to the party, but a part of it is just it works so well. Mm -hmm. I mean, Microsoft Outlook, which is one of my least favorite pieces of software in existence, does near-perfect dictation. If you just press the little microphone button, you can oh, yeah. start talking. Or I guess Microsoft Word is where that takes place, but it's both. And so you can just sit and talk out your notes if you're transcribing notes, for example. Um, you're going to get some hate mail from our listeners on that one. Just go and speak out your notes. Yeah. yeah. What's all this pen and paper business? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually, but, but in a sense, I mean, I like it because I can take a bunch of handwritten notes and then if I just need them to exist digitally, instead of sitting there typing them, I can just read them out loud and make a few adjustments as I go. But that actually saves a ton of time. A um, lot of journalists, uh, and some writers who've written novels. Well, there are a lot of journalists and some novelists who've written their books uh, that way. You know, not with voice to text, but with uh, someone typing up what they say. Dictation. We're a big vo yeah. voice to text family because it puts the kids on this. Look how they feel like they're on a level playing field with us. You know, getting to uh, get into text and that sort of thing and be part of the conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you guys say you don't have any things that will listen to you in your house, but you have phones. Well, okay, yeah. So as you were saying voice to text, I guess one, one I'd be splitting a hair here. And I mean, I think I am split, <laughs> splitting hairs and uh, it, you know, so it should, it, it, it's different, but you do, you've got to press that button for the dictation to begin you could mispress it, right? Which would be the same thing as the phone hearing you say, hey, Siri. But um, I guess the the difference is, like, if I'm being specific, that... But you're being... You're also being very naive, Adam. The oh. phone's always listening for you to say the those words. Well, unless you turn it off. Unless you turn off that. Oh. You can turn off that oh, feature. So Adam. that's the feature I've turned off. Oh, Adam. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Such yeah. a little babe. Yeah. But don't you think the issue is people listening that when you don't know about it, even when you think you've turned it off? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So maybe my relationship with privacy settings is, has gone completely nihilistic where I'm like, if we have a phone on us, there's really no way to tell one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. And everybody and so... talks about, you know, you have a conversation with someone and then the next day you've got ads that are related to that out loud conversation that you had. Right. Which I don't believe, but there's plenty of evidence for it. So I may have said this on the show when this happened around Thanksgiving or Christmas. We were in a hotel with this, um, was it a hotel? With this horrible wood paneling or something. 
And we got to the hotel, and my wife was like, oh, I hate that this wood paneling is so... I don't, I don't even remember, right? But like, oh, this wood paneling is so tacky, or this is like, you know. And the next morning on Instagram, there was an ad for how to remove that type of wood paneling. Um, yeah. But, but I, the, if you believe one episode and, of... And you removed it. Yeah. It's if a, you Really easy, really great technique. Yeah. If you believe the one episode of Reply All where they investigated this, the reason that you get that ad is because of other people in that location have searched for oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah who knows? But but no, 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 I think um I think you're right. I mean, I think the thing is this is the my relationship with privacy settings is I've made a point to turn that off and then you know, you read this article and um you know, while you may be dancing naked in front of your vacuum cleaner, <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe, you know, I mean, don't you, do you flirt with the idea ever of going to the flip phone? I mean, I fantasize about it. Right. Um, I get I a, still remember. I get a magazine with pictures of flip phones. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I just remember what it was like to send a text message on those phones. Yeah. And it's a little bit like, I don't know if I can go back and, you know, right. you're talking like a Blackberry or some middle ground right. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all coming to a head. The whole AI privacy, you know, even these password managers are getting hacked. I, <laughs> I mean, I still don't feel like all my info was like handed to somebody, but. Where, when do we just get to just be, just live? Pocket notebooks, I think, is the answer there. Yeah, that's right. One of my favorite days last year was when that uh, password manager that you were harping me, you were making fun of me so hard for not using a password manager. Um, and the day that that password manager you were recommending got hacked was just, it was like Christmas. I mean, it might have been on Christmas, but... That was one. The, that was one of the best things that happened in twenty twenty two. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> right. Well, well, yeah. True I mean, Christmas spirit. So it is. I mean, notebooks is. It's. There's there is something almost antithetical about uh, our acceptance of all of the um, privacy violating items that we allow and the attention um attention depleting things that we allow in the phone that goes uh, so against the things that I think we like in the notebook uh, I mean not that not that you know not that a well, notebook necessarily protects your privacy but uh uh actually in this in I mean, this article Sue Halpern writes Thomas Jefferson was so eager to protect his privacy that he wrote his personal correspondence in code. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you ever get exhausted just thinking about all the work that your phone is doing, even when it's just sitting there? I mean, a notebook is not doing anything. It's just sitting there. But a phone or a computer, an electronic, like, how do these things even work, man? Like, it's overwhelming to even think. I'm like, how is it tracking where I go, telling me the route, while I while giving me an email, while serving up music? It's like, it's like driving ninety five miles per hour with the amount of labor that this thing is doing. 
What's exhausting? It's not very. It's not very chill. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's a not chill that. ambient state. No, that's right. And what what's exhausting to me is the um. Not just losing the battle, to the phone, which is exhausting in a different way. But what's exhausting is. Um, the fact that you'll let yourself be put in that battle and, and, and just the knowledge that you're losing the battle just by being in the room, like the, what's exhausting is knowing that you, is letting yourself give into the battle because I mean, in my case, I don't have an alarm clock. I gave it to my teenage son, but I don't know. Do you have an alarm clock in your room or do you use your phone? No. Oh. It's the stupidest thing, and we all do it. That's what's exhausting. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, before I, I even had a smartphone, I used to go to sleep to episodes of This American Life. I would have to plug a headphone into my PC tower and click the, like, web browser. Yeah. And had a really long cable. Um... And that that kind of thing has become. And I I used to fall asleep to like talk radio, so now to do that is so easy. But it's it is just that phone basically in the bed with me, you know. Yeah. Headphones plugged in. So I mean that I'm just a total slave. To I wouldn't like, keep that phone know. in the bed with you. I don't know if you've heard what the Roomba is doing. <laughs> Let's do this again next week, Adam. What do you say? Sorry, I, I wasn't listening. I was listening to a variety of other conversations. I've been uh, hacked into a number of phones. No, I'm just watching many Roombas. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> Roombas. Sorry, I'm... Is there uh, anything more ridiculous than a Roomba? Uh, I like, love the Roomba, but... But they're so ridiculous, though. Really... I mean, there's something. I've. I yes, they shouldn't take picture. All of that is horrible, but a Roomba rolling around your house taking photos is about the most. If we're gonna go down as a civilization, and that's how, man. Now, so, know. well, I'm gonna take. We I know we're gonna end the show it. here, but I'm I'm pro Roomba. Uh, I mean, the the Roomba I... does. The the my problem with the Roomba is that it doesn't last as long as I think it should. They they require a lot of upkeep more than a typical vacuum cleaner, I think, sure. to keep it running. But that Roomba is picking gotta, up so you gotta much make sure the lens, dust constantly. The, you got to make sure the lens is clear so it takes a nice high def. You know, all we got to do is start like uh, like the the folks in the IT department. All we got to do is put a little <laughs> black plastic tape over the camera on the Roomba <laughs> that we didn't know was there. Well, you can find us on the internet at takenote.space. When you get there, you can sign up for our newsletter, which I strongly recommend. Uh, If you would like to to support us on Patreon, we we would be super grateful. Those who already support us, thank you so much. You can find a link to that on our website as well. And in the meantime, everybody take care.